episode 840. The Green Bay Packers are 2-0 in the preseason following a 21-17 win over Washington. To analyze the game, we talk to John Petrowski of PackersTalk.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about the Packers preseason game number two. To do that, we're joined by a guest today. We're joined by John Petrowski of PackersTalk.com. John, how you doing this morning? Great, Brian. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you on the show. And, John, we've got a a lot to get to today. But before we do, before we get into that, could you just tell us about your role at PackersTalk.com and a little bit about your background? Yeah. um, Just kind of at the beginning of the year, uh, Jersey Al was looking for mobile help with contributors to the site, and I sent him a postmortem analysis of the 2016 season, as I put it, and thought uh, that could be of some contribution to this site. So, you know, been following them along real closely throughout the the off season and the draft here, as you kind of know, it was a, uh, well, relatively very active off season for Mr. Thompson and friends in Green Bay. So that was rather exciting to do, but now just uh, getting looking, looking forward to regular season and having things speed up. Well, looking forward to your contributions to Packers Talk. And, uh, John, so let's get to this preseason game here this past Saturday, kind of analyze what went on. Uh, start First of all, I mean, did you expect any less from the first-string Packers offense with, with Aaron Rodgers leading them to a touchdown uh, for the his first appearance in the preseason? Well, I think we uh, have about a decade of – of expecting what we saw come that first <laughs> drive, you know, in the, in the preseason right now, uh, they, you know, a lot of people said pretty common term, but mid season form is what they looked like, you know, good timing to several receivers on the drive. Cobb got some catches in good timing with Jordy. And if, uh, if every team wants to do the single linebacker coverage on Martellus Bennett, at, at the goal line, <laughs> Fine by me. That should be a good season if they do that. So, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. I I think that was pretty much expected for how they were going to perform first drive with Rodgers in there. Well put, well put. Uh, I'll agree with that, too. If if teams want to put a linebacker on Martellus Bennett with no help over the top, uh, the Packers will take advantage of that a lot this season, I think. Um, but speaking of Rodgers and the quarterbacks here, John, it, you know, it seemed to me that among the backup quarterbacks, Brett Hundley and Taysom Hill played good, uh, while Joe Callahan relatively struggled compared to them, at least. Was that your takeaway as well? Yeah, I, I think that's that's an accurate way to put it. Um, you know, it, Hill was, he was a lot of energy in there. Uh, he He's fearless. He was just you know, running, take off and run when he needed to. He he kind of gets you a little nervous with uh, 
how much of a risk taker he is. And, you know, he did have several injuries throughout his college career. So that could seem a little worrisome if he's going to take that risk against the real big boys in the league now. But, you know, he didn't loved his energy. That that was fun to see. And Hunley just looks like he's continuing to progress. You know, he's in his third year of being being competent with the offense now. So, you know, Callahan, he's had some good some good performances kind of last year and they're they're trying to bring him on, but it'd be interesting to see if, you know, he can pick it up a little bit as the next game comes along. Yeah, interesting that you say Taysom Hill being a risk taker. Thus far, uh there there hasn't been any bad side to the risk. It's all been good so far, but you do wonder, I mean at some point, is he going to fumble or worse? Is he going to get injured because of this? Uh, we'll see, I guess. But, but John, do, do you think that Taysom Hill could possibly potentially beat out Callahan for the number three job based upon what we've seen so far this preseason? You know, that given the fact that Hunley's been there for three years now and he has familiarity, he's consistent, I He's definitely a better better insurance option than maybe in 2013 when Rodgers went down and then they were scrambling around for, for Matt Flynn to bring him in. So I think with with the fact that you have a, a pretty reliable backup, again, going back to risk here, if they wanted to take that risk with keeping Hill as the number three QB, if, if he keeps it up, you know, like what he keeps doing and stays healthy, I, I don't see why they – why they couldn't take that opportunity with him. A lot of risk involved. Um, John, did any of the rookie running backs stand out to you above the others as, as Ty Montgomery sat out of Saturday's game, kind of opening door for these young guys? You know, I, th- there was nothing that made you jump up and go, wow, you know, we, we got something here. I, I that, that's not really expected with, um, you know, kind of the position they're, taking with the running backs i think um you know williams hits the hole hard he is not going to kind of dance around he's he's going to make that commitment to hitting the hole and and running hard and trying to finish it and you kind of see that with most of the guys it looks like um aaron jones seems seems pretty light on his feet that it was good to see him get uh get some time in there get his touchdown and you know and as, as far as anything that comes out just wow you know I can't say that right now. It's only two games into the preseason, but together, you know, all three of them and Ty Montgomery, they certainly can contribute to, you know, being an effective part of the game. It's never going to be a running focus team, but they don't need that. So as long as they go in there and do their job, I, I would be satisfied with, with that level of performance from the three running backs and Montgomery. Yeah, I, I think they took a step forward from the first preseason game. Maybe not this huge leap that you want or uh, expect, perhaps, but uh, uh, the, they they don't seem to be making many rookie mistakes. I guess, which is a good thing. If they're not, if they're not out there fumbling, I guess that that's well, a that's a positive yeah. thing. Montgomery is the only one that's made a <laughs> rookie mistake yeah, thus far. True, but true. you know, the the other thing is that that second second tier offensive line that's what they have to work with as well and that unit you know made made a few strides from from last week again but 
you know, granted with that unit out there trying to get their time in, there's sometimes only so much that, uh, you know, a rookie can get done. But given that in the hand, like you said, no rookie mistakes, they look like look like they're coming along pretty solid. Yeah, good point. Uh, that second string offensive line is certainly nothing to write home about either. Um, John, Jeff Janis looked impressive for the second consecutive game. Do you think uh, the, the teasing is finally over and he, and he's really emerging, or or is this ja- is Janice just Mister August always seemingly playing well in the preseason, only to disappoint in the regular season, at least as a receiver? Mister August is is a pretty accurate nickname for him. I think I, I hadn't heard that before, but that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I I've been kind of in that boat of people that always were kind of wanting Janice to step up in the regular season and make some splash plays like, like he has in the preseason pretty much since he came on board. Um, Kind of when it comes down to it, you know, I, I think of 2015 where Jordy was out, Cobb and Adams were struggling. There was no better opportunity that someone like Janice could have had to, to get on the field and step in and start making some plays. And that didn't really happen until, a playoff game against Arizona and so maybe you could call him Mr. August and Mr. Second Week of January and (laughs) (laughs) that's it but I I, I'd love to see it happen history says I'm gonna see Mr. August for now but prove me wrong I want nothing more than for him to prove me wrong we're talking to John John Petrowski of PackersTalk.com here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Uh, John, turning to the defensive side of the football, does the play of the first-string defense encourage you that they can carry it over into the regular season? Uh, you know, they gave up some points that really weren't their fault when, you know, they fumbled away the the punt. and But other than that, they, they seem to do a pretty good job. They, they absolutely did, considered how much – Cousins and, and Washington tore him up in the regular season last year. It certainly was not a repeat of that. And Cousins and, and crew kind of looked off. They looked a little off, but you, you have to take that when you're the first string defense. I just even though there's some injuries and stuff in the secondary, yet they just look more experienced and, and more athletic. Uh, King, you know, he'll he'll continue to develop. He just physically he's there he's ready he's make some hard hits i'm excited to see that he can progress but yeah i mean there's even some better push by the defensive line a little bit more pressure coming from them and they certainly did deliver you know for for the second second week of the preseason so um building off that it, it certainly is more promising than it could have been yeah, uh, I'm encouraged. I just hope it continues from here on out, especially when we start to see guys like Devon House and Demarius Randall get back from injury. Uh, John, did the play of cornerback Josh Hawkins surprise you, and, and has he solidified himself as a, for a roster spot? At, at this point, it seems like he has, since he was getting reps with the the first crew a lot more than, than Gunter has. You know, Ladarius Gunter wasn't in there until later on in in the first half and and through that time and then now he's out with a concussion too uh not not knowing how long that could be so you know given 
the fact that there's a, the injuries that have come up and the biggest lesson, at least, you know, if, if I were running the show from last year is you can't have enough depth at the secondary level now. And we took that risk letting Casey Hayward go last year and thinking the young guys would pick it up. And it was just a kind of perfect storm or imperfect storm of injuries and regression at the position. So Hawkins has the athleticism there. We saw by, you know, that the play made early in the, the first quarter to knock away cousins past it. I believe it was Davis in the end zone there. So athletically again, he's there. I'll take athleticism first thing in the secondary because you can always build off that. But yeah, if, if he keeps us up and then the injuries continue to occur, like unfortunately they, they seem to do a lot. I, I would put him on the final 53. Good play from Josh Hawkins. Uh, Trevor Davis, so special teams here. Uh, Josh, uh, John, uh, can Trevor Davis be trusted on punt returns after he muffed the return on Saturday in Washington? Yeah, from everything that, that you heard about how, how much he worked on it this offseason, he he probably has earned you know another opportunity with it. He he was thrown in the doghouse pretty quick last year after he muffed a punt. I believe it was against Tennessee, and we didn't really hear much from him after that. He had the touchdown last week. He's lights out with his speed, so I think put him in, keep giving him the opportunity. That's what the preseason's for, and I. I don't question his, his work ethic that he's put in thus far with it. So he's only second year. Well, let's see what we can do with him. If, you know, if that's what uh, special teams coaching is going to decide. Yeah. I imagine he's still going to get plenty more opportunities in these last two preseason games to see if he can not turn the ball over, if nothing else, uh, in, in these last two games. Uh, last question here, John, before we let you go. Just what was your reaction to the the injury scare to defensive lineman Dean Lowry? And we don't really know how long he's going to be out or if it's even serious at all. But just hypothetically, I, I mean, could the Packers afford to lose Dean Lowry? Well, had you kind of expect it almost at this point that the injuries are just going to happen. It's I I'm almost numb to it. If I see something like that now, he's, he's obviously projected to make the big leap. He's getting all the, the first team reps with it being this early and they have another, you know, veteran presence back there and Jean Francois and, you know, maybe one of the undrafted or, you know, late rookie selections, could still step up and you know fill in the void if Lowry, if Lowry was going to be out for an extended period of time. You still have Adams coming back, hopefully sooner than later on the defensive line and the uh, rookie selection in this last last year's draft. So you know it, he hasn't been in there real long, so we, we we still aren't sure what Lowry can do. I'm I'm not worried about the depth of the defensive line or or performance with it, but certainly hope he he gets healed fast and that we can see what, what he can do because he does look promising with some of his play out there. Yeah, hopefully it's nothing too serious. We'll we'll have to wait and see and find out more. Mike McCarthy didn't have a lot to say on Sunday about it. John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, and kind of take a look back at the 
preseason game in Washington and the Packers victory. Uh, nice talking to you, and uh, good luck with your writing at PackersTalk.com, all right? Thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Okay, take care. John Petrowski of PackersTalk.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. And no sound bites for today's episode, but this is our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. The Green Bay Packers won 21-17 over Washington this past Saturday. And, of course, the day after a game or our first podcast after a game, I'm going to entertain you with our chips report, our weekly chips report. And and here's who I've got to who, – here who is awarded uh, such designations after this game. Uh, your blue chippers from – Washington. One of them goes to cornerback Josh Hawkins. And and I have to ask, who lit a fire under Josh Hawkins? And, and that's that's not just an expression. I really want to know who lit a fire under him because he just played differently with, with more urgency and aggressive than I've ever seen out of him in the past. And And maybe he saw the writing on the wall and was like, if I don't pick it up, I might not make the roster. And whether he was intrinsically motivated or a coach got to him or a family member, I'd love to know. Uh, But Hawkins on Saturday led the team with three passes defensed, which was really nice to see him get a hand on a couple balls, including the one in the end zone that broke up a would-be touchdown pass. And I think he also got credit for a pass defense when what was originally ruled as a fumble by Vernon Davis was overruled and then, you know, made an incomplete pass. But above that, his tackling was very aggressive, moving forward and grappling up. And even when he gave up a few completions, there were times when he when he came up and made the tackle short of the sticks a great all-around performance from Josh Hawkins, in my opinion, the best performer in, in a green and gold uniform this past weekend. Offense, defense, special teams, uh, Josh Hawkins was the best player to my eyes uh, in this game. But uh, another very good player and deserving of the blue chip wide receiver Jeff Janis. And although he didn't find the end zone, Janice led the team with 60, 63 receiving yards on Saturday, each of which converted a first down. And, and the best part about them was that each of those three catches were contested. And so his concentration, I really thought, you know, was was really good and the strength to hold on to the football because there were there were defenders very close to him on all those passes and and although I know at least one of them was kind of a body catch, but you know he he hung on to. I mean, then that's what counts. As as long as you hang on to them and don't drop them, uh, that's all that really matters. the The highlight of his day, of course, was catching that thirty eight yard pass from Brett Hundley down the right sideline. And, and you know, uh, th- this now marks the second consecutive game that Janice has played really well and really the third consecutive preseason that he's played really well. Everybody wants to know if he can carry it on over into the regular season. 
But for a guy who maybe, you know, the if, if you ask the beat reporters, they'll probably tell you he hasn't tore it up during practice. At least that's, you know, the impression of what I read from their coverage. Uh, but there's, uh, it's almost undeniable during the games, uh, during the preseason, he's been fantastic. Uh, he's been everything you want him to be and, and maybe more so maybe exceeding expectations and tack onto his receiving. He made a nice tackle and punt coverage as a gunner as well. Uh, that only makes him more worthy of this, uh, blue chip performance. Your red chippers from this game, the good but not great. Uh, one of them goes to Brett Hundley. Uh, Hundley was efficient on Saturday, completing nine out of ten passes for more than a hundred yards, and and including a short touchdown pass to running back Aaron Jones. You know, some of the passes were short little swings and dump offs, but but that's just the nature of football. Not every single pass is going to be downfield. Uh, but several were, uh, such as the pass to Janice uh, aforementioned. Uh, if if there's one thing you would have liked to have seen better from Hundley, it's that he took three sacks. And the urgency to get rid of the football needs to be a little bit greater. No doubt about it, the biggest fault lies with the offensive line there. And, and you know, there was some pressure in his face rather quick on a couple of those but by and large, Hundley played well. I mean, when you're completing 90% of your passes, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. And, and he led him to scores down the field, and and hey, he's, he's just showing that he can be the kind of guy that, you know, the wheels aren't going to fall off if, if Aaron Rodgers goes down. Um, your other red chip performer is another quarterback, Taysom Hill. Uh, and, and the decision to award Hill with one of the red chips has probably more to do with his legs than, than his arm or, or anything else. You know, Hill led the Packers, uh, to a come from behind victory when he made an electrifying 23 yard scramble for a touchdown, avoiding tacklers along the way. And while maybe you'd rather see the heroics from Hill's arm other than his legs, the fact of the matter is his legs put points on the scoreboard. Uh, and, you know, that's that's the main thing. <laughs> when you're looking at the scoreboard, that's all that really matters. And it's not like he did poorly passing the football. He completed 6 out of 11 passes for 49 yards. He just continues to impress, and he's making it a real competition for the number three quarterback job. He's he's outplayed Joe Callahan thus far. Uh, now that's not to say that every, you know we're going to base uh, everything based upon preseason play. I mean, there's, it's undeniable what Joe Callahan has done last year when you take that into account, and the fact that he's more experienced maybe a little bit less of a risk taker than Taysom Hill. Uh, but I definitely want to see more out of Taysom Hill these last two preseason games. I know it's going to be tough from here on out because, you know, all, the third preseason game, of course, you know, the starter's going to play the longest and, and those opportunities a little bit more limited, but uh, it'll be fun to watch regardless. Okay. Your cow chips from Saturday, the the poor performances, and one goes to to Jason Spriggs, the Packers' second year offensive tackle. And I think to the casual fan, maybe Spriggs' performance might have looked worse than it actually was. 
because there were a couple of occasions in which he blocked an interior player and the defender came to his outside for pressure, but those really weren't Spriggs' fault. You know, you have to block the player with the shortest distance to the quarterback. But but make no doubt about it, Spriggs did not look good, especially on the sack by linebacker Pete Robertson, who beat him to the inside. And, you know, it's it's legitimately time for concern with Spriggs. Not time to give up yet, but I can't blame anybody for being concerned. And the worst part about it is he's not even getting beat by strength. You, you look at Spriggs, and he's a lot slimmer than a lot of tackles in the NFL, and you think, oh, he's not strong enough. But it's not like he's getting pushed back backwards on a bull rush or or at least not very often he's getting beat both to the inside and to the outside and it seems to have to do with his handwork and punch more than anything he just can't control pass rushers like a David Bakhtiari can and, and this is definitely cause for concern right now and and thank goodness the Packers have healthy bookend tackles with both uh, David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga that they don't have to rely on Jason Spriggs, which you thought at one point when they drafted him, they're they're taking him to be the the tackle of the future of the team. But, you know, it's they're doing all right right now uh, with the tackles they have. But if he's forced into service, then all of a sudden you may have to be worried. And we still do have two preseason games to go, and, and hopefully he can make major strides. Uh, You can only hope for that from here on out um, because it is concerning, and you have to wonder, like, wow, I mean, uh, could even Kyle Murphy, should the Packers be looking at him at left tackle? And that's not where he spent his time. You know, he's really been concentrating on the right side of the offensive line, primarily right tackle. Uh, I'm sure he's been getting reps at right guard, even if they haven't showed it a lot, because during the regular season, you know, there's not 15 offensive linemen on the roster like there is in the preseason. These guys have to be a little bit more versatile. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you saw Kyle Murphy play left tackle in college. Can he do it in in the pros? I don't know. Uh, It's a concern right now, but Jason Spriggs definitely cow-chip performer from Saturday. The other goes to another offensive lineman. A lot of concern on the offensive line, Justin McRae. Um, And and there's a little bit of offensive line juggling that's kind of flown under the radar. The first preseason game, uh, the Packers went with Kofi Amici uh, as their number three center, and that didn't happen on Saturday. They used Justin McRae as the number three center, And he looked even worse, if you ask me. And part of it is very likely to do with the inexperience at the position, which is tough to blame McRae for. Uh, Obviously, you know, the very first time you're seeing action in a professional game at a position you haven't really played, it's going to be tough. But I I hope this experiment is over. Uh, On one occasion, he got blown backwards, and the running back was tackled for uh, a loss behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, He also got called for holding, which led to a punt in the third quarter. And there were at least two shotgun snaps where not there was they were not nearly quick enough. They they just kind of hung in the air and the quarterback had to wait an unnecessarily long time for them. So poor performance from Justin McRae. 
uh, granted, he looked better at guard, I thought, in that first preseason game. Um, and, and maybe that's just where he belongs rather than uh, nothing short of being like the fourth string center or something like that. I don't know if Kofi Amichia is that poor at the position where they had to make that or they're just trying to see who's better at this point. But, yeah, it did not look good uh, for Justin McRae Saturday. So there you go. There's your chips report. And and maybe if I just – if we're talking strictly news here uh, to give you an injury update. In addition to the Dean Lowry injury, uh, which we mentioned in our interview with John Petrowski, um, it, you know, d- Mike McCarthy did not have an update on, on Sunday during his press conference, so we really don't know anything more. It didn't look terrible, but any time a knee is involved, and that's what it was too, to Dean Lowry's knee, uh, I, I mean, you hold your breath and, and just cross your fingers and hope that it isn't anything serious. I mean, he was able to walk off the field, so we'll see here. Even if he's out a week or two, as long as he's ready for the start of the regular season, I'll take it at this point because um, the Packers could certainly use him. But those other ones getting injured during the Washington game uh, were the following. Linebackers Jordan Tripp. Derek Matthews and cornerback Ladarius Gunter all evaluated for concussions. I think last I saw the the Jordan Tripp's concussion was confirmed by the media during the game. Um, I'm not sure about the others. It very well could have been reported, and I just missed it. All I know is they were being evaluated. Not sure if it's confirmed or not. Uh, but just like Lowry, uh, Mike McCarthy did not offer any injury updates to these guys uh, on Sunday, so we're going to have to wait and see here. But finally, final segment, the day ahead. Uh, The Packers got two consecutive days off from practice following the second preseason game. So they were off Sunday and continue to be off on Monday, but fans should be aware the Packers made a change to their practice schedule the rest of the week the team announced um what was originally scheduled to be a 12:15 p.m. start time on Tuesday has been pushed all the way back to 3:15 p.m. local time it's still at Raynitschke Field and it's still open to the public and the media just as usual just with a later start time Um, And then also keep an eye out if the Packers decide to change the time of Mike McCarthy's press conference on Tuesday. I looked just before the show started, and and the published time is still set for 10.45 a.m. Central Time on Tuesday, but that might get pushed back with practice getting pushed back. Uh, Of course, it'll probably be streamed live at Packers.com just as it usually is. But just want to make everyone aware out there, especially if you're heading out to training camp, going to Green Bay, wanting to take it in. Everything's being pushed back a couple hours here this week. I'm not sure if it's just due to them playing in the mountain time zone and they want to get, you know, the players body clocks pushed back for, you know, a little bit later sunset than they're used to. I'm not really sure because I'm not sure the game is being played any really later than it had been. I don't know. Maybe it's because they played their last game on the East Coast and now they're playing in Mountain Time. Whatever the reason is, uh, it's being pushed back. So uh, that's for training camp practice this week. Both Tuesday and Wednesdays are being 
press you know pushback as well but we're going to have another episode of real bird central on wednesday we can make you aware of that then so but that'll do it for today's episode thank you everybody so much for joining us today thank you to john petrowski of packerstalk.com for joining us on today's show and providing some analysis already have our next guest lined up and in fact it's a returning guest returning for the 2017 season for i think a sixth consecutive season on the show now nathan yankee of pro football talk.com uh a pro, pardon me pro football focus.com too many websites with pro football in the beginning screwing me up but our longtime friend of the show excited to talk about him i know i'm going to talk about him i got a lot of questions for nathan about the offensive line that i really think are flying under the radar so you can look forward to that on wednesday's episode of railbird central which typically airs every monday wednesday friday at 8:30 a.m central time that's the live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day We'll see you later, folks. Have a good Monday. Enjoy the eclipse today. Um, We'll talk to you just two more days from now. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. I leave you today with a song called Ocean Billy by by, uh, Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go. Go.